0: Coming up today on The Story. And he said to me, do you want to start a band? And I said, yes. So there we had our first band, two members, both bass players. <laughs> and then he said, I have another friend called Johnny Kiselnicki and he wants to play guitar. But he's got another friend called Henry Luzinski who wants to play drums. And I said, yes. I said, get him in the band because I figured that must be Rosanna's
1: brother. The Story. The Story. Hi, I'm Elmo, filling in for Jimmy Colfax, welcome to The Story. Well, today we're going to learn about some Australian rock and roll history with David and Rosanna Palmer from Rosanna's Raiders. They've been involved in Christian music and ministry for more than three decades, but before that they were professional musicians, travelling and performing with their band. Today we're going to hear how the Lord entered their lives and how they were saved out of the rock and roll scene back in the early 1980s. David and Rosanna Palmer are chatting and sharing their story with Eric Scatterbow.
2: David and Rosanna, welcome to the program. Thank Thank you. 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 Glad to have you with us, and we want to go all the way back. Now, everybody knows you're musicians, you make all kinds of music and have been for years, but I don't know if everybody knows, how did you meet and grow up and where did you grow up and all that kind of thing. So where where should we start?
0: Well, Uh, we're both country kids from Gippsland, and when I was 10 years old, my parents moved me to a farm, which I really enjoyed, and we used to have a milking shed where we milked the cows, and my dad put a radio in there. And one day we were listening to the local country and western radio program made by a local, and he had a young singer on there called Rosanna Lazinski So I noted that she
2: was good. Oh, that's
0: that's that your actual me. name? <laughs>
3: yeah, good Polish name. <laughs> How did you
2: come to be singing on the radio?
3: Well, I, I um, wanted to play guitar when I was a little kid, very young. And my teacher came in at grade three and was playing guitar. And I said, that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. And I said, will you teach me how to play? And he said, oh, no, you know, you're know, you too young. And But some of the grade six boys were playing guitar. And I said, oh, can I sit in and learn how to play? So I was allowed to sit in and learned how to play. And so I used to carry my guitar to school every day and um, going back and forth from school, strumming along on my guitar. And the... Guy across the road was, um, uh, had a radio program and he just said to me, Uh, oh, do you want to come on a, the radio show? So he
2: heard you. Yeah, he
3: heard me. I, I don't know. I mean, either. I'm just
2: trying to picture this. You're walking <laughs> yeah. down the street. Yep. Strumming along your guitar, singing.
3: Yeah, I, I don't think I was singing. I was just strumming my guitar. Oh, okay. And he said, "Oh, come in. Do you sing? You know, sing me a song." And I sang a song. He said, "Would you like to go on the radio?" And I think it was like that night or, or the next oh, wow. day or something. And I said, "Oh, okay." And that was a Christmas special on his radio program. So, yeah, I did that.
2: And David heard you.
3: He heard while milking he? the cows. That's yes. right.
2: And then, of course, I'm. How a
0: couple- romantic! <laughs> 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 Who would ever have thought of that? A couple of years later when I was at high school, Rosanna is a couple of years younger than me, so she had her first day at high school and I'd been there two years, and we had a big school assembly. And, of course, we are talking country school way back in the day, and there's no hall for this. We're all just outside, lined up in rows. And they had Rosanna sing.
3: Oh, bloody, oh, bloody, life goes on. Hey. How does that
2: come
0: about?
3: I I don't know. I've got
2: no idea. How many people start off high school... Being asked to sing in front oh, of everybody.
3: No, I don't even know. Maybe, maybe they
2: heard you while Melkin's.
0: Oh, college. maybe
3: on the radio. <laughs> <laughs>
2: maybe they heard it too on the on the radio. Yeah.
0: And I just noted that and I said, Yes. And I was really impressed with the way she played the guitar. By then she had a big twelve string guitar, it was nearly as big as her. And she played it really well and I could actually hear the bass almost playing at the same time and I thought, Man, that's good So I was then very keen you know, to pursue this because I really wanted to do music too and it wasn't until I was travelling to school one day on the school bus because we were on farms mm-hmm. and, of course, back in those days there was no political correctness and when the bus got full you had to sit on someone's knee. Oh, really? And because I was one of the last picked up, I was sitting on a friend's knee. His name was Rudolf Wienstra and he said to me, do you want to start a band? And I said, yes. <laughs> and he said, what do you want to play? And I said, Bass. And he said, I want to play bass. So there we had our first band, two members, both bass players. <laughs> and then he said, I have another friend called Johnny Kiselnicki and he wants to play guitar. And I said, yeah, I think I've seen him at school, but he's got another friend called Henry Lozinski who wants to play drums. And I said, yes. I said, get him in the band because I figured that must be Rosanna's brother. Oh, okay. And then they would, no one had a license yet. So they would come to my house. They had to walk miles to get to my house. And we couldn't play. We just had our instruments and fiddle around with them for a couple of hours and talk (laughs) dreams, you know. And they would say to me, you know, we don't want any girls. And I said, well, who's going to sing? And he said, well, you can sing a bit, I can sing a bit. And I go, yeah, I've heard me and I've heard you. This is not going to (laughs) work. So I just kept wearing away at that stone for a long time. And eventually, John O'Kiselnicki got his licence, and so we were able to drive to Henry's house, and I knew Rosanna was there. And I just kept saying to them, this is all good, but who's going to sing? Because Henry and Rosanna's dad had a pig farm, and Henry had sold some of his pigs and bought a drum kit. So he was ready to go. As you do. (laughs) And uh, Anyway, eventually, you tell them what you were doing.
3: Oh, I was in the house saying, I'm going to get in that band. I'm going to get in that band.
2: (laughs) Oh, so you knew about this?
3: Yeah, well, I was was in the house. They were out in the garage practicing. Oh, okay,
0: okay. And then I, I talked them into letting Rosanna come out. I said, Look, she can go from A
2: to Z on one song. You, you know? were angling for this for how many years? <laughs> <laughs> many years. Many years. You're a wise man. I'm a one woman man. That's the end of that story. Oh well oh, oh. so you're saying there might have been more interest than just the music. <laughs> Is that no. what
0: you're saying? Oh, from me, yes, from me. I knew exactly what I wanted in life, you know. I wanted to marry Rosanna and do music for the rest of my life. That's what I wanted to do. But when I first got my first opportunity to be alone with her, I asked her, will you marry me? And she didn't answer, for six years. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I was pretty Rosanna, young. Your, I was very saying. young. <laughs> but we did become friends and we were friends for a long time. How just old were just you? Good, good mates.
2: How old were you both when you... Oh, I might have been 17.
3: And I would have been 15
2: What did you think, he's asking you to marry you? You're 15 years old. I
3: know, I just wanted to be a rock star. (laughs) I wasn't (laughs) thinking relationships.
2: (laughs) That's that's kind of how it started.
3: Yep.
0: And then Rosanna came into that bungalow that night, rehearsed through several songs. A couple of days later, she had a phone call. Will you come and sing at our fashion parade? She said, can I bring my band? And they said, yes. So that was our first concert. We didn't even know how to play properly, but... You see, my sister was studying photography and she was the photographer for the local paper. And so she photographed us, which you can't hear us playing, but you could see us. Mm -hmm. She photographed us playing at this concert and it got on the front page of the local paper. (laughs) So from there on, we had great publicity through my sister. She had photos of the band every week and would submit it. And then if they ever had, you know, just a country newspaper, whenever they had no room to fill up an extra page, our photo would go in. So oh, wow. we were getting photos in all the time. Oh, wow.
2: So did you look good? I mean, did you look like a good band? <laughs> Rosanna did. <laughs> So that was enough to get you started? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that was it. We had a band then. Your recollections of that time period, Rosanna?
3: Yeah, oh, well, we, we just got started. We we did that gig and we did the 10 songs that we know and from there we got other invites and the band it's begun.
2: <laughs> did you actually start to learn your instruments and how to play together? Yes.
3: Oh, we continued to do that the whole time. Yeah, but, yeah.
0: of course, we were still at school, so it was study from Monday to Friday. Mm-hmm. And I had to complete so many hours each week. And as soon as that was finished, I could practice. I didn't practice the other days. And then we'd organize, say, a rehearsal on Friday night. But you've got to understand our passion for music was so strong that we would – we did something like we hired a local hall at Druin West – and we went out there to rehearse, and we we're rehearsing for a little while, and someone said, what's the time? We looked. It was 3 a.m. Oh, well. Now, we,
3: we must have improved because we did enter the local Battle of the Bands, and we didn't win the first one, but we changed our strategy for the next one, which was just a, a week or two later, and we actually won that. So we won our local Battle of the Bands. Oh, so fantastic. We must, must have improved somewhat.
2: Yeah. Now, getting back to your relationship here, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you proposed marriage, but – Were you dating, or did you become a couple? I
0: knew I had to be very wise. Now, I wasn't smart about a lot of things, but I was smart enough to know if I pushed this, it could mess everything up. I just had to be patient. Now, Rosanna had another boyfriend in that time, and I just had to be patient. I just had to wait. But I didn't want to do anything that would ruin the band, and so we we just kept on performing, mostly on the weekends for the first couple of years you know, a few years. I was actually going off to university
2: there and come home on the weekends, rehearse, play some concerts.
3: We were really good friends. Okay. So you
2: had the long-term strategy going. Absolutely. So you weren't heartbroken and and all that. It wasn't easy. Just going to have to be patient about this. It was not easy, but I just knew to
0: persevere. I don't know why. I think God must have been helping me. (laughs) (laughs) And what were you thinking,
2: Rosanna?
3: I don't think I was thinking that much. I think I thought in the background that we'd probably get married one day. Now you tell me.
1: You're listening to The Story, and today David and Rosanna Palmer from Rosanna's Raiders are sharing their story as a couple and the story of the band. Next, we're going to find out the fascinating way members of the band became Christians after their sound man thought his girlfriend was having demonic manifestations. We'll find out what that's all about when we return. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. I'm Elmo filling in for Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. We're continuing with Eric Scatterbo chatting with David and Rosanna Palmer from the Christian rock band Rosanna's Raiders. They're sharing their story as a couple and the story of the band. Next, we're going to find out how they all became Christians. We, we played in the country,
0: you know, and we had one or two opportunities in the city, but not many. But after a few years we decided we were going to become a professional band. Now, none of us knew how to do that. We just decided it. I think mm. Rosanna was the one that was most against it. But then, um, after a while, she joined another band, which was, again, heartbreaking, but she mm. joined a band in the city. Broke sir. his heart twice now. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm keeping shocking, track of It's shocking, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you get over these things. <laughs> she joined a band in the city that was called Staten Island, and it played all around Melbourne, and... I just hung around the band. I just hung around. And eventually the bass player and the, lead, the leader of the band got in some kind of a dispute and he sacked the bass player and I was just there. So then I tried out one song and, and he put me in. So then I was in the band too, which was really good. But it was a six-piece band, so we weren't making enough to be professional. So we figured that we could make as much money out of a three-piece band as you could out of a six, but it's double each. Yeah. (laughs) So then we went back to Rosanna's brother, Henry, and we formed a three-piece band, and we only had that going a short time. And then our agent said, oh, there's an agent in Queensland that needs bands. Do you want to go to Queensland? And we just said, yes, we dropped everything, travelled to Queensland, dropped everything, got no idea what we left behind. And when we got there, they said, oh, you're not really suited to what we want. (laughs) <laughs> but you've got some potential <laughs> All the way up different there Different style, yeah oh, well. we, we just played a, a different, different style, style yeah. Because yeah. Brisbane's definition of what a commercial band was Was different to Melbourne's definition oh, okay.
3: Very heavy funk type Yeah, they were doing okay. all
0: heavy yeah. funk and soul music We thought commercial band was top 40 For playing in a restaurant quietly <laughs> That's what it was in Melbourne Anyway, they showed us some of their bands And then they sent us up to Gladstone But of course in Gladstone You're getting further and further north Yeah <laughs>
3: But they loved us there. That was the best thing we could do. It was
0: a strange thing because we didn't have to change our style there. We just went resorted back to more like our first band. We played some heavy music, lots of cover songs, and we were a big hit in Gladstone, huge. Mm. And so we stayed there for a few months, and then the drummer was getting married, so we had to come back to Melbourne. Didn't do much around Melbourne. We probably played a few concerts. But then the agents on the phone, they want you back in Gladstone. (laughs) (laughs) And then the next phone call we got from him about three months later was, uh, we want you to go to Hobart. And by now it's getting on towards winter.
3: So we went to Hobart. We played at the casino there. And uh, that was a hard slog because we were there playing six nights a week and then occasionally we would have to do the seventh night. Anyway, it was very hard going there. But was it was that? good. I mean, yeah. we were working. It was great. Yeah, it was, we were working
2: the whole time. So you were a professional band. Yes, You absolutely. succeeded. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So things are starting to take off. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering if we could just kind of pause the music career and go back to your spiritual backgrounds. Before you became Christians, did you know anything about Jesus and faith in God and the Bible and all that?
3: I grew up in a Catholic church, and so as a little kid, I used to go to what was called catechism on the mm-hmm, Saturday yep. mornings and get all all the teaching, and it really helped me to get a you know an understanding of God, although it was the fear of God, and I think it was that fear of God that kept me out of trouble while traveling through the whole band scene.
2: Yeah, because uh, band scenes typically, rock mm, and roll mm. and all that, usually partying and drugs and all that.
3: That's right. So that that fear of God was there, and I knew I couldn't do anything wrong. So that was a a good thing, but there was never a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And for Dave, he was on the other side of the railway line.
0: Yeah, we both went to church in the same town, Long Warrior. G'day to everyone from Long (laughs) (laughs) Warrior. And Rosanna was at the Catholic Church, which is on one side of the railway tracks, and I went to a church. We went to the Methodist Church, but it's in a building called the Union Church, not the Uniting Church, the Union Church. And we, we went there and we did Sunday school and we went to church every week. And you can't really say you learned a lot, but you knew about God until my older sister, you know, the photographer. Yep. She started to teach a teenage group. And so when I got to teenage years, she actually taught us some good stuff. And that what we learned with her in that group changed my life from the point of view of like rosanna you know going through the pub scene the nightclubs didn't matter whether there was drugs and drinking all around us there's no way in the world i would have touched it Mm -hmm. or done anything
3: sexually impure Mm -hmm. because of that foundation that was put in so and the other thing of course is that erica then used to send us books they would always be sending us books um like nikki nikki Cruz, you know on the streets of new york city uh, Run, baby, run—that uh, sort of thing—and mm, it cross always and the had, switchblade. yeah, cross and the Switchblade, David Wilkerson. yep. And it always had the prayer in the back. So we'd read the book, and we'd always read this prayer, inviting Jesus into our life. And so that—that that was there, but that's as far as it went. We just thought, yeah, I'll just lead a good life. And we've invited Jesus into our life, but it n- never made any deeper connection at that. Yeah, point. there was
0: no. See, the churches we went to didn't have salvation in the church. There was no follow-up. There was nobody to really explain salvation or how it operated. And even though we'd said the prayers and, and maybe something had happened because I, I know I didn't even swear when I was a teenager. You know, I just knew So you're, you're living very moral lives. Absolutely. Especially yeah. for rock stars or yeah. professional yeah. musicians. Yeah. But something was definitely put into our lives from mm-hmm. those churches and our mm-hmm. prayers. And, mm-hmm. of course, our family loved Billy Graham and listened to him every week mm-hmm. on the radio
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. without a doubt. And so how did things change? How did you go to that personal relationship with Jesus? Well, we you know, the next phase in the
0: career was that we decided to come back to Melbourne and to really try to make it here and we changed our agent and we had an agent in, in Melbourne and we were working in then in the hotels and nightclubs around Melbourne and it was it we were really on the up and up. We started to get a light show, bigger PA, we had our own truck, we had um, we we still used to operate the sound ourselves and the agent kept saying to us, you've got to get a sound guy and then I can really get you more money. Get a sound guy. So we got one and then that was worse. It made it worse for him. So then eventually we got a new sound guy who we'd known for a long time through our recording contacts, but he was really well known and very, very good. He just had an instinct for it like nobody I've ever Mm. seen. Just an absolute instinct and i learned a lot from him all the time i could i kept learning but he was doing sound for us and we really had some momentum in the band it was it was a really amazing time you know we had momentum we had everything going for us the gigs were getting better we were playing in the major venues around australia it was really going well but the sound guy who i absolutely respected almost you know almost idolized him he was having problems with his girlfriend who was also in the music industry and he was a heavy drug user and she was also a very heavy drug user but she started to have weird manifestations at home and he was getting concerned about it because she was like a Jekyll and Hyde. When these manifestations happens, he didn't know who she was. He said to me, Dave, her voice changed to the voice of a man and her face changed to the face of a man and I'd been very shy up till then and I said, John... I know enough about this, see, from my sister and brother-in-law mm-hmm. who were then pastors. Mm-hmm. I know enough about this to leave it alone, but I know someone who can help you. And he said, "Who's that? I said, my brother-in-law, because he'd told us some of his stories, which were similar,
2: the people he had to deal with. Now and when you're talking about manifestations, you're talking about like somebody being possessed. Is that Absolutely. What I'm understanding? Yes. Oh yes. So and demonic possession is what you're talking about. Totally and wow. The sound guy, he he could see this before
0: his eyes, and it was really, you know, concerning him. Yeah, freaking him out. Totally. Mm, So when he said that to me, I I just got a bit bold. For the first time ever in my life, I would never say anything to this person because I really, really respected him. But I said, you know, my brother-in-law can help. And he said, when can we see him? And I said, now, let's go now. Now, you've got to understand, my brother-in-law was a pastor, when this person asked me this question, it was 9.30 on a Monday night. It's an hour and a half's drive. I've been a pastor. I don't want someone turning up at my house at <laughs> 11 o'clock Monday night to ask me about demons. So, But thankfully, our brother-in-law, Richard, said yes. So we just jumped in the car and we went there.
3: And, of course, our guitarist who was living with us at the time, he said, oh, can I come too? So he came. Oh, wow.
2: So the whole gang's <laughs> yeah. heading over to your brother-in-law. Yeah, and we got there. He invited us in he
0: said what's the problem we explained it and Richard just said to the sound guy he said listen you can't help your girlfriend till you help yourself and by now both him and the guitarist are sitting there with these almost angelic looks on their face and they go and he just says oh what have I got to do to help myself and Richard said give your life to Jesus and he says okay and the guitarist said can I do that too and the next thing we couldn't believe it, because remember, the church we grew up in, we never saw this. Mm-hmm. There were both my m- mates, you know, one a drug addict, sound guy that was just amazing, our guitarist, who used to drink and smoke like there was no tomorrow, kneeling down in my sister's lounge room, giving their lives to Jesus. Oh, wow. Mm, it's like amazing. time stood still. Yeah. We just We were dumbfounded. And then they turned to us and said, have you already said this prayer? And as Rosanna said, we'd said it many times from the back of the book. So we're going, yeah, I guess we have. Anyway, we finished there at, what, 1, one thirty in the morning. We got back in the car to go home, and we didn't have a band meeting. We didn't have a discussion. The drummer wasn't present, mind you. Mm. But we just knew that we had to use our music for God. It's funny, isn't it? Because at that time, they would have normally counseled new Christians that were in bands to give up the secular music. But we just knew that we had to use our music for God. And then we got pulled up by the police.
2: And of course, the sound guy still had his drugs in his oh. bag, in the car. Just wait, this is driving back from this? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. The same, night- <laughs> the
3: same night. The same night. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. <laughs>
1: Well, unfortunately, we have to stop it right there because we've run out of time on today's program. But we invite you to join us again next time for more of our conversation with David and Rosanna Palmer from Rosanna's Raiders. We'll find out what happens next, how they overcome being pulled over by the police with their sound man's drugs in their car. Also, we'll find out how they go on to be a Christian band and serve the Lord for many, many years. All that and more next time on The Story. Until then, if you want to find out more about their music and ministry, you can go to their Facebook page, Rosanna Palmer Musician. Once again, just look up Rosanna Palmer Musician on Facebook. Well, until next time, when we hear the conclusion of our chat with David and Rosanna, I'm Elmo filling in for Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. His Mm -hmm. lifestyle was sleep for
0: three days, wake up frantic, drive around crazily till he found drugs, spend all the money he had on those drugs. He was even dealing drugs to get enough money because he was a very heavy user. Yeah, he was dealing with bikey gangs. Oh, wow. So he moved into our house right then. The next morning, he came at 8.30 in the morning carrying breakfast in bed. And we started to
1: realise we have seen a miracle David and Rosanna Palmer from Rosanna's Raiders join us once again to share more of their story. They've been involved in Christian music and ministry for more than three decades, serving God in whatever way they can, including worship leading, church planting, pastoring, and just generally having a heart for the outcasts of society. That's David and Rosanna Palmer sharing more of their story next time. The story, just another way vision is connecting faith to life.